Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Wow. I tell you what, if I, if I had left right now and went home, I would say I was glad that I went to the house of the Lord today. Aren't you? Stand with me. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're looking really good today. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for our gathering together today. Let your spirit that we already feel and we've already embraced today lead us and guide us and teach us and inspire us. Lord, we're grateful to be gathered with the family of God today. And Lord, open up our ears. Let our heart, our mind, our spirit be open to what your word says. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbors. I'm glad you're here today. I heard about the fellow who was out on the coast of California and he went into an old-fashioned diner that had been refurbished there not far from the beach and the, the waiter that was there at the, uh, the counter, you know, a lot of people lined up at the counter at the diner and he said to the waiter, said, do you want to hear a blonde joke? And the lady to his left said, now, hey, wait a minute, I'm blonde and I need to let you know something. I am six foot tall and I am the kickbox champion of women. And the lady next to me has a black belt in karate, and she's double tough. And the lady next to her is also blonde, and she's a cage fighter. So you still want to tell this blonde joke? He said, no, I don't. I don't want to explain it three times. For all of my blonde friends, that's just a joke. But when you get into the Word of God, how many of you know there's some things in here that we really have to look at to allow the Spirit of God to explain to us? And, uh, you know, Paul said this. He said, ever learning, and sometimes we never come to the knowledge of the truth, but his comment was, if any man thinks he knows something, he doesn't know anything like he should. How many of you know, I don't care how long you've been serving God, you can still learn from His Word. Take your Bible, Joel chapter 2, it's the Old Testament, and this is a prophetic word from the prophet Joel about the days that were going to come. Now, you and I are on the backside of those days, but Joel in the Spirit is looking forward, and the Lord is speaking. He says in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterward, everybody say afterward, so it's not in Joel's day, he's looking to the future, do you see that? And I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Everybody say those days. He didn't say these days, but he said what? Those days. So what's happening? We're looking to the future. We're looking to what God is going to do. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit moved upon them. But under the covenant you and I live in, the Holy Spirit indwells us and abides with us. So we see in the move of the Holy Spirit a, a different relationship, how God dealt with the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And I want to, do, uh, to say this, it does make a difference, and we do need to look at, there is a difference in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. If there wasn't, there wouldn't be any need of the New Covenant. 
But if we look at how the Holy Spirit is operating within the church, I want to give you just a few questions, observations, comments that we have been in on this series for about five different weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. Here we go. The Holy Spirit scriptural. We begin in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and the Spirit moved across the the, the face of the deep or the abyss and begin to hover. The word there is almost like a chicken hovering over an egg and it is part of the creative process. God speaks and the spirit moves. I mean, you know, God's still speaking and the spirit's still moving today. And then we get up over here to Acts 2. Was the unfilling of the Holy Spirit foretold and prophesied prior to Acts 2? And the Bible is uh, very explicit in that. Absolutely. Because in, in Peter's message in Acts 2, if you remember when they said, what does this mean? He said, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last day, saith the Lord, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And now he's quoting what we just read that happened about six or seven hundred years prior to the happening in Acts chapter 2. Well, did the early church receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? The answer is yes. Did the Holy Spirit work under the Old Covenant and the New Covenant? The answer is yes. Did the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit occur under the New Covenant? The answer is yes. The disciples were told to go to the upper room and wait for the promise of the Father. And we see people being infilled with the Holy Spirit. Now catch this. In Jerusalem, in Samaria in Caesarea and in Ephesus so it wasn't just at one time in one city it was in multiple places at different times it was years even after Acts 2 people are still being infilled with the Holy Spirit both Jews and Gentiles were filled with the Holy Spirit both men and women were filled with the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is a promise to us this is what Peter said it is to you your children and all those that are far off. He's not talking about distance. What's he talking about? Generations. And then he says, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So I want you to really get a basis in your mind and in your heart and your spirit what the Word of God says about the working of the Holy Spirit. And you and I can be filled with the Holy Spirit today. Now let me tell you some comments I've heard this week. Not a month ago, not six months ago, but this week. How many of you know there's two sides to the coin? Carrie and I were in a conversation. There are some people who say, I would never go to a spirit-filled church. Just too crazy. These people are goofy. They're wild. Then on the other side, I heard this week that some churches that were quote, spirit-filled churches, have lost their roots in the spirit, and now they're going a different direction. How many of you know we don't want any one of those things to happen here? We need to embrace the moving, the infilling, the giftedness, and the fruit of the Holy Spirit, but we need to embrace it biblically. Now, the Bible's very clear that there is a human reaction when the Spirit of the Lord comes. Now, one of those reactions and one of those evidences is tongues. Now, some of you are probably going to think, whoa, wait, where, where's he going with this? 
I'm just going to tell you what the Word of God says. In Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came and filled those believers, they began to speak in languages that they did not know. Acts 2, verse 3, there appeared to them divided or cloven tongues as a fire, and it set upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Mark 16, 17, these signs shall follow them that believe. Now notice... In my name they will cast out devils or demons, and they will speak with what? New tongues. Now this is what Jesus is saying. Acts 10, they're at the household of Cornelius. Peter's preaching. What happens? The Holy Spirit falls upon those who believe the word that Peter was speaking to them, which is the gospel. Now I'm going to just drop down to verse 47. Can anybody forbid water that these should not be baptized if we, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Now, when you go back to verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Now, this is the group that's there in Caesarea. Acts 19. Paul is going through the region of Ephesus. He finds some believers. They've been baptized by John the Baptist. He rebaptizes them in the name of the Lord. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So this happened in Jerusalem. It happened in Samaria. It happened in Caesarea. It happened in Ephesus. It happened in Corinth. How many of you know it happened everywhere where they preached? And it's still happening today. Now, in the early church service this morning. I gave a term that sometimes I don't like. Let me play the devil's advocate here. In 1 Corinthians 13, there is a passage there that says, whether it be wisdom or knowledge or tongues, it says, and they shall cease. It says, they shall cease when that which is perfect has come. Now, there's one group interpreting that. When we got the word of God, we, we don't need these gifts. Friends, we need these gifts more than we've ever needed them before. We're living in a hostile culture. We're living in a very secular world. And we need the leadership of Almighty God. Now, when he said, when that which is perfect is come, a lot of people interpret that as the Word of God. I will grant them that, that that is the Word of God. But can I tell you who really the Word of God is? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. Now, who's that talking about? That's talking about Jesus. When that which is perfect has come, how many of you know we won't need healing? We won't need tongues. We won't need discernment. We won't need all of these gifts and things that we need today. Why won't we need them? Because we will be in heaven. When that which is perfect has come, it's Jesus. Jesus is the only perfect one who ever walked this sod outside of Adam before the fall. Adam was righteous. He had no sin. Eve, he was too. But let me tell you, only the begotten Son of God who walked this planet is the only perfect one. And he's coming. And when he comes, we won't need any of those things. But until then, we need them. And we have a reaction to how the Spirit of God moves on us. Now, notice this. In Ephesus, they heard them speak with tongues and what? Prophesy. Everybody say prophesy. Here is another reaction in the Holy Spirit. 
It's a human reaction in the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to see something in the Old Testament. Let's go back. Numbers 11. Do you remember when Moses, we talked about this the other day, and, and I, I kind of chuckle because I think it's funny. It wasn't funny to Moses, but when you look back, how many of you know something's funny now, but it wasn't funny then? Moses is trying to lead the children of Israel, and he's up to here with them. This is a murmuring, complaining group. You don't know anybody like that, do you? Some of you look to the side when, you, uh, when I said that. I mean, Moses is so sick and tired of them. And Moses comes to God. He says, God, he says, these aren't my kids. I didn't give birth to them. I didn't bring them out here. I can't meet all their needs. I can't feed them. And if this is the way it's going to be all the way through, just kill me now and put me out of my misery. That's what he said. Now, I want you to catch in, in Numbers 11, Moses gets a word from God. So Moses goes out. He tells the people the word from God, and he gathers all the men, the elders, there's 70 of them, and he puts them around the tabernacle. And the Lord came down in the cloud, spoke to him. He took the spirit, everybody say spirit, that was on him, placed it upon the 70 elders, and it happened when the spirit rested upon them that they prophesied. But here's something interesting, and they never prophesied again. But they prophesied when the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. Do you realize that you might prophesy but not have the gift of prophecy? You may speak in tongues but not have the gift of tongues. I play baseball, but I'm not a baseball player. Okay? I go fishing, but I'm not a professional fisherman. But there are some people who have the gift of tongues. There are some people who have the gift of prophecy. There are some people who have those gifts. But what I'm saying, when the Spirit moves, people responded in that moving of the Holy Spirit. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 6. Uh, Samuel's telling Saul, when the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, you shall prophesy. I would not say Saul was a prophet, but when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he did prophesy. Here's another one. I like this one. 2 Samuel 23. These are the last words of David. David's getting older. He's getting ready to die. Thus says David, the son of Jesse, Thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel. I love that line. The sweet psalmist of Israel. The Spirit of the Lord spoke by me, and his word was on my tongue. Now David was a prophet, and how did he prophesy? Because the Spirit moved upon him. Now, let's shift gears. Let's go to the New Testament. And this is a, a lovely passage. This is in Luke chapter 1. Now, Mary has received the annunciation from the angel. The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. You're going to have a baby. You're going to give birth to the Messiah. That shall call his name Jesus. Mary arose, verse number 39 in those days, went to the hill country. She's going to the city of Judah. She's going to go visit relatives. I wonder if she's visiting relatives because she's not married and she showed up pregnant. You ever wondered about that? So she goes to visit Zacharias and Elizabeth. Now, Zacharias has already had an angelic visit, right? So Mary comes to the house of, of Zacharias and Elizabeth, and I want you to catch this. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the baby leaped in her womb, <laughs> and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She then spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, 
the baby leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. This is an amazing prophecy. Let me tell you why. Look at the passage. Elizabeth only hears the greeting of Mary. What's the greeting? Hi, Elizabeth. This is Mary. I've come to visit you. And immediately, Elizabeth has a reaction. She prophesies. But before she prophesies, what happened? The baby leaped in her womb. According to Scripture, John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit in the womb of his mother. It's true. Then Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. And what was her reaction? She prophesied. What is interesting about this, she reads Mary's mail. There is no cell phones in those days. There is no telegraphs in those days. How did she know what she prophesied? By the Spirit of the Lord. Now notice what she said. <laughs> Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Mary haven't, hasn't even told her she's pregnant yet. And she says, blessed is the fruit of your womb. She says, the mother of my Lord has just come to me, and Elizabeth hasn't even heard Mary out yet. All she said was, hi, Elizabeth, it's Mary. But when she heard the Virgin Mary comment to Elizabeth, boom, the Holy Spirit fills John, fills Elizabeth, and she prophesies. Now, drop down. You getting anything out of this? I, I'm getting God buffed just thinking about this. Now, drop down to, to, to the same chapter, verse 67. Zacharias, he's already had an angelic visit, right? And uh, he's kind of wondering, hey, I'm old. My wife's old. Um, I don't know if this can happen. Do you know what the angel did? Just shut his mouth. How many of you know, sometimes when we talk in negativity and doubt, we all just shut our mouth. God just shut his mouth. So when John comes along and they're getting ready to name him, some say, well, you ought to name him after his dad. I ought to name him this, that. No, his name will be called John. Well, there's nobody in your, name called, in your family with a name called John. So what, what do they do? They're going to name him John. And, and all of a sudden, Zacharias, his tongue is loosed. And now he's able to talk. Verse uh, 67, his father Zacharias was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Verses 68 through 79 is the prophecy of Zacharias. It's, it's fairly long. I'm not going to read it because we don't have time. But when the Holy Spirit came upon him, what did he do? He prophesied. What happened to Elizabeth? She prophesied. What happened to David? He prophesied. What happened to Saul? He prophesied. What happened to the elders in the Old Testament? They prophesied. Do you realize sometimes people prophesy? At the move of the Holy Spirit, and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Acts 19, we read it. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues, and what? Prophesied. What is prophecy? It is edification, exhortation, and it's comfort to mankind. It is the Spirit of God speaking to us. i got to hurry. What, what else is a reaction? What, what, what's our response to the infilling, the moving of the Holy Spirit? This is very important. The Holy Spirit gives us insight, plans, and direction. The Holy Spirit gives us insight, plans, and direction. Now, how do I know that? Because the Bible is replete with plans and direction that the Spirit gives. 1 Chronicles 28, verse 12. 
How did they know how to build the tabernacle in the wilderness? How did they know how to build Solomon's temple? Solomon did not get the plans for the temple. He built it, but he didn't get the plans. David got the plans. God wouldn't allow David to build it because he was a man of war, but God did give David the plans. I want you to see something here. This is very important. Verse 12, he gave him the plans of all that the Spirit had put in his mind for the courts of the temple of the Lord, the surrounding rooms, the treasuries, the temple of God, the treasuries for the dedicated things. How did they know how to build the temple? According to that verse, the Spirit gave David the plans. And David gave Solomon the plans, and Solomon built the temple. So the plans actually came from the Holy Spirit. Do you realize that Paul wanted to go to Asia? And the Spirit forbade Paul to go to Asia? Have you ever felt like, well, I need to do this? And you had a check in your spirit? Paul said, well, we're going to go to Asia. And the Holy Spirit said, no, I'm not going to Asia. Now remember in Acts 2, Peter said from the prophecy of Joel, he said, your sons and daughters, right, shall prophesy. Your old men and your young men shall what? Have dreams and visions. Paul ended up going to Europe. And we use this term, and I've heard it in hymns. Have you ever heard the term the Macedonian call? The Macedonian call. Well, what happened is, is Paul is having a vision or a dream one night, and there was a man of Macedonia in his dream saying, Paul, come this way. Come here. We need you here. We want you to come this direction. So Paul did not go to Asia. He went to Europe. He went to Greece because he was spoken to in a dream or a vision to go that direction. See, the Holy Spirit gives us direction. We are led... We have insight, we have plans and direction by the Holy Spirit if we will listen. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is the Word of God. Are we agreed on that? Okay, this is the Word of God. This Word will give you direction. So if I read this, I can get direction how to do business, how to have relationships how to worship, how, how to do things. This gives me direction. This is called the Logos, the Word. This is the Logos. So you get a lot of direction here. But sometimes you need more intimate direction. Let me give you a verse. This is in Romans. This is a verse that you know. Chapter number 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing... And hearing by the Word of God. This in generality is Logos, but the Word of God here is not Logos. It's used Logos in other verses. You know what the word is used here? It's Rhema. Has anybody ever heard the term Rhema? What is Rhema? Rhema is a specific word that applies to you from the Word of God that's inspired. I tried to think this week, what are some of the times that the Lord did that for me? And I'm going to give you an account here. Perk up your ears. Carrie and I, after we got married, we didn't go to church. I was a heathen. She was sweet, but I was a heathen. And uh, one Saturday morning, she came into the, the bedroom. We lived in a little old trader house. And she was weeping. She was crying. And she said, Mike, we need to get our life together. We, we need to start going to church. We need to change our life. And I noticed she'd been reading the Bible. I didn't even know we had a Bible in our house. 
But I think her grandmother had given her a Bible. She started reading this Bible. And so she comes in. She's weeping. And I remember that Saturday morning she said, uh, Mike, we need to change our life. We need to start serving God. We need to start going to church. And, uh, and she said something to me that, uh, I mean, it will never probably leave my mind. She said, Mike, pray for me. And I said, honey, I can't even pray for myself much less. Isn't that pitiful you can't even pray for your wife? I said, I don't know how to pray for you. I said, I'll call my mother. <laughs> my mother is a godly woman, saint. So I called mother. Mother come down and, and, and prayed with Carrie. Carrie was better. But that afternoon, she was still crying. She was under conviction. The Lord's dealing with her heart. So I took her to mother's. And mother called her pastor. And they, they got together. And mother uh, and the pastor prayed for Carrie. Carrie knelt down, raised her hand, had stammering lips. I mean, God just, just supernaturally changed her life. And uh, I come home that night. Carrie was just so excited. Mike, I feel like the weight of the world's lifted off me. We're going to start serving God. We're going to start going to church. We're going to do this. I said, hang on there, sister. I said, I'm still the same on me. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to serve God right now. But anyway, whenever your wife and your mother starts praying for you, you're a marked man. <laughs> it's true. Whenever your wife and your mother starts praying for you, just, it, it's over. So when she was going to get baptized one night, she said, would you come and watch me? So I went to watch her, and I, listen, I thought I was going to collapse in the pew. The Spirit of the Lord got on me so heavy. You know, many of you have heard me say, one part of me says, hang on, you can get out of here, this will be over. Another part says, you know, you need God, you're awful, you know. Uh, but not in condemnation, God loves you. And, and so that night, I got baptized with Carrie. Didn't even bring clothes, I got baptized. And so... Right after that, I mean, our life was just changed. I mean, changed, changed, changed. It was just revolutionized. So one morning I got up. We had a lot of our family, that, uh, my family, that didn't go to, the, to church, wasn't serving God. And I picked up the Bible, and I, and I turned to where Jesus is feeding the multitude. And I read this because my mind is thinking, well, there's a lot of our family that really needs God. I pick it up, and this is the verse I, I read. After he had fed the 5,000 and the multitude, he told his disciples, he said, gather up the fragments that none should be lost. And when I read that, it wasn't a Logos word for me. It was a rhema word for me. I'm telling you, because I had just been praying, just been thinking about some of the unsaved loved ones I have, and the Lord spoke to me through his word, gather up the fragments that none would be lost. And I saw my grandparents come to the Lord and get baptized. I saw aunts and uncles and family members begin to come to the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Sometimes you have general instruction, and then sometimes you have a rhema word of God that's inspired just for your situation. And sometimes you need even more than that. You need more direction. Now, let me do it this way. How many of you love me? Okay, half of you love me, half of you not sure. Okay, if I pick this up, if I pick this up, I know, let's just take marriage. I know marriage is a good thing. Okay? It's okay to be married. I know for me, according to this word, I should marry a woman. I don't have to have a revelation from the Logos. I know marriage is a good thing. 
I know if I get married, I should marry a woman. I know I should marry a believer. Do not be unequally equally yoked. So I know I should, uh, marriage is a good thing. I know I should, I, I should marry a, a woman. I know I should marry a believer. But I can't turn to a chapter and verse that says I need to marry Ke Carrie, Sally, Sue, Betty. Right? So, you know, I may need some more instruction. Where do I get that, that instruction? The Bible calls it an unction. There is the unction of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another thought. In the Old Testament, it's referred to this as the still, small voice. You're praying about this. You need to make a decision. What do I do? So I have general knowledge. I can narrow it down to here. I have more knowledge. I can narrow it down to here. I have more knowledge. I can narrow it down to here. I have a rhema word. I can narrow it down to here. But Lord, could you give me more specific information? And he can give you an unction of the Holy Spirit. He can give you that still, small voice. And he can even bring people around you because there's safety in the multitude of counsel. But listen, if you're needing a word about your kid, don't go to the bachelor. If you're needing a word about your finances, don't go to someone who's not good with finances. If you need a word about business, go to somebody who's good with business. Doesn't this make sense? But what happens sometimes is we get into culture and we drink the Kool-Aid when all the time the Word's already given us sufficient direction to start the pathway and, and the moving there. And the Lord said, now watch this, He said, you have a comforter, you have a helper, the Spirit of truth that will lead you and guide you. Now, your attention please. It's interesting in Isaiah 9, it says about the child that's going to be born and the son that will be given. His name shall be called Wonderful and Counselor. And then Jesus says the Holy Spirit will be our counselor. Well, what is it? Yeah, it is. We get counsel from the Word, but we also get counsel from the Spirit. And folks, in the culture we live in, we definitely need to be listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus addressed all seven churches in Asia, he said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. Well, I don't believe in the Holy Spirit. Well, he's saying... I believe Jesus more than I believe you. So take that. Be, be, because Jesus said the Spirit was speaking. And we need to hear the Spirit speak. We need to hear the Word. We need to hear the Logos, the Rhema. We need to hear the still, small voice. We need to feel the unction of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you a couple of things that, uh, that, that happened when I was... Uh, dealing with something. I, I had an issue and it's been a long time ago and it's nobody here so just take a chill pill. And it's an issue I knew had to, I had to deal with and as a pastor sometimes you'd rather not deal with issues but they won't go away. 
So I, I knew I had to go deal with this some way. I didn't know how. And I'd been praying about, Lord, you know, give me wisdom. How, how do I deal with this? How to deal with this issue? And uh, so one day I was walking down the sidewalk and the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, don't do anything, I'm going to move them. And I'm telling you, you ever have one of those moments you're just walking around and you think, where did that come from? Where did that come from? It's like a drive-by, you know? Where did that come from? The Lord said, don't do anything, I'm going to move them. And it was only about a week or so later, I went to, to the back, and this person was back there. And he said, uh, my job's changed, and we're going to have to be moving. And I could have said, I already knew that. Now, how did I know that? Because the Spirit had already spoken that to me. But I, I said, really? And, and so, you know, they, were, they, they moved, and they had a lot of difficulty, but things worked out, and that's good, and God's graceful. But I'm going to tell you, if we can listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, our lives will be so much better. We get into trouble when we do what we feel like doing, what we think we should do, and all the time... You cannot hear the still, small voice if there's a bunch of clatter around your life. That's why you and I have to get alone with God, and we have to begin to listen to the voice of the Spirit. Folks, there are human reactions when the Spirit of God moves. We want those human reactions when the Spirit of God moves if they're biblical. But sometimes people do things that are not biblical. And that's why... You hear this out here outside the church. I never go to a church like that. You know why? Because they've seen somebody do something that's not biblical. But if we do it biblically, let me tell you what I believe. The Holy Spirit will draw people instead of run them out the back door. And we cannot afford to have a church without the moving of the Holy Spirit. Because there are thousands of people, and we don't have to go very far, that are going to churches that the Spirit is almost void in those churches. It's routine, it's ritual, just going through motions, but we need a genuine move, life-changing, that will change the lives of people by the power of Almighty God. Now, uh, Wayland about preached my sermon this morning. T take your Bible very quickly. We're going to end this up. Ezekiel 37. I've got three minutes. Everybody say, he, he won't do it in three This is the story of the valley of dry bones. Now, Ezekiel's a prophet. God takes him to a valley of dry bones. Now, look at verse 1. And the Lord, the hand of the Lord came up on, on, on me. He brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. Now, notice this. How did he get there? By the spirit of the Lord. He set me down in the midst of the valley. It was full of bones. He caused me to pass by them round about. Behold, there were very many in the open valley. Indeed, they were very dry. He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I always love Ezekiel's response. He looks at this. Folks, these aren't skeletons. These are bones. They're not together. They're, they're disjointed. They're everywhere. Can these bones live again? And, and Ezekiel says, Lord, you know. Well, let, let's take the reverse of that. He's saying, I don't know, but you know. So you know, I don't know. Now, notice what happens here. And he said to me, can these bones live? So I said, Lord God, you know. Again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. 
Thus saith the Lord God to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter to you, and you shall live. I will put my sinew on you, bring flesh to you, cover you with skin, breathe on you. You shall live, then you shall know that I am the Lord. Now, the next verse, he says, so I prophesied to them. Now, what did it say he was prophesying to them? The word of the Lord. Say that with me. The word of the Lord. Now, let's all say it. The word of the Lord. Why do we need the word of the Lord? It brings order. Brings order. These bones are not skeletons. They're scattered. Thigh over here, skull over here, finger bone over here. Uh, you know, you get the picture. Th th they've been scattered. They're, they're, they're mixed up. When he spoke the word of the Lord, those bones begin to find their position. We must have the word of God to have order, position, connection. But it's not enough to complete the task. You say, well, you're saying the word of God's not enough? No, don't, don't misquote me now. I'm saying this is the beginning of this process here. Prophesy the word of the Lord. And so I prophesied, and there was a noise, a rattling. The bones begin to come together, bone to bone. Can you imagine Ezekiel being there, and here's a bone. And one little bone going, okay, where's the rest of me? And they came together. And then the sinew and the flesh and the skin began to cover them. So here we have these bodies, but no life. Help us not to have a church, but no life. We can't have a church without life. Even if we're together, even if we know our place, we got to have life. Notice what he says. And he says, prophesy to the breath. If you have a different translation, it says prophesy to the wind. Because the word for breath and wind is the same Hebrew word. It's the word ruach. Can I insert something here? You remember what Abraham was called before he was Abraham? He was Abram. And God added one part to his name. He added the H. Do you realize you can't say the H without breathing the breath? <sighs> you know what Sarah's name before she was Sarah? It was Sarai. You know what he did? He took away the I and added the H. How many of you know somebody needs the I taken away from them? <laughs> they got way too much I. He said, Abram, you'll no longer be called Abram. You'll be called Abraham. You'll no longer be called Sarai. I'm going to take away the I. I'm going to give you the H. You'll be called Sarah. You know what the H is? It's the Ruach. It's the breath. We've got to have the breath. Ezekiel, prophesy to the wind. Prophesy to the breath. And have the breath blow through these bodies. And when the breath went through the bodies, they stood up and they were alive because of the Spirit. Because the Spirit is the breath. It's the wind. And you and I can become that exceedingly great army. Verse 10. God's looking for an army. 
And the army is going to grow. And the army is going to do the work of the Lord. But we have to have the Spirit of Almighty God to do that. It's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my Spirit, saith the Lord. I, I, I don't want to get to the place where this is all human power, do you? How wise we are, how smart we are, how whatever we are. That'll never, that'll never do God's work. We need to be everything we can be. But we have to have him breathe into us. This was never meant to, to be without his power. We, we never were meant to build this without his power. Bow your head with me. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.